Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. But what do they eat? I, I, a while back, I read a, an article about uh, writing uh, fictional stories, building fictional worlds. I'm not a writer. I guess I just read a lot of strange things. Um, but as the, the writer of this article said that one of the most important things that a, a writer ought to consider is, but what do they eat? You might have uh, dreamed up the, the scariest monsters or the, the most creative aliens or, or the most formidable armies, but what do they eat? Everyone knows that zombies eat brains. Uh, in The Lord of the Rings, the short, peaceful people called hobbits, uh, they, they eat normal food like potatoes, and they eat all the time. Second breakfast, that's really important to them. In that uh, dangerous world, there are a lot of other creatures that might like to eat a hobbit. Tolkien certainly thought about what these things eat. It seems like such a minor thing, uh, such a, a small detail. Who cares what they eat? The fate of the world is at stake. But the truth is that it does a lot to make a, a fictional world believable because we all eat. Eating is necessary for life. What do missionaries eat? Missionaries aren't fictional creatures. They're real people. And that makes it even more amazing when, when you consider that these real people Many of them have, have traveled to, to faraway places, carrying with them no food, no, no money, few supplies. In, in strange and, and foreign places, they met all kinds of people in stories that are really too good for fiction. But what do they eat? I, I remember listening to a missionary once who, who talked about how he had traveled to a, a village, a remote village, in, in South America somewhere. And, and he arrived at the, the town where he was going, and he, he said when he, he got there, the air was filled with a, a terrible smell. As he began to, to meet the people there, he, he realized that the smell was coming from, from frogs that the villagers had caught and killed and were hanging out to dry. When it was time to eat, they took those whole dried frogs and tossed them into a pot to make a stew. Bon appetit. Uh, we're not all missionaries, uh, but we, we can all learn something from the many missionaries who have traveled to places that were new and strange to them. In writing fiction, that question, what do they eat, is very important. But to God's people, it's not as important, or at least not a, a source of worry, because followers of Jesus trust him to provide a harvest. In our gospel for today, from Luke 10, Jesus sent out 72 of his disciples to serve as missionaries. And compared to some of the stories about missionaries that we might hear, this might seem like fairly easy missionary work. They were staying in their own country, in the territory of Israel. They weren't going to be gone for all that long. Uh, they were talking to people who spoke the same language and followed the same customs, 
and ate the same food. No dried frog stew for them. Uh, but that doesn't actually mean that it was easy work. A after all, is it easy for you to talk to your next-door neighbors about your faith? For most of us, and I include myself, it isn't always very easy. It's much easier to uh, kind of avoid our neighbors entirely, maybe to wave at them as we go by and that's it. Or if we do bump into them, maybe we make some small talk about something we know we agree on, like the weather, boy, it's going to be hot again today. And that's it. From there we go back to our, our own business. These 72, they were going to travel around as messengers of God, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is near. And Jesus wanted them to trust that there were people so eager to hear what they had to say that they would give them somewhere to stay and they would provide them with food and anything else that they might need. Jesus was not sending them out as beggars, but as workers. These followers of Jesus would be workers for his kingdom, trusting him to provide through the people that they ministered to. Jesus said, whenever you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. And if a peaceful person is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking what they give you, because the worker is worthy of his pay. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are in the town and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for those 72 missionaries and for the, the many missionaries since then who have gone out to, to strange places without knowing what they're going to eat, simply trusting that the Lord Jesus will provide. At, at the same time, I, I guess I'm kind of glad that that's not me. Uh, for, for me, the, the biggest question is, Generally, do I want to go out to eat or am I going to make something for myself? Um, and of course, it is still the Lord who provides every single meal, no matter where it comes from. And we, we ought to, to thank him for every meal. But when there are restaurants on every street and your wallet isn't totally empty, it, it really doesn't require the same kind of trust that was required of them. But what that means for us then is that if there's someone in this account that we relate to it's maybe not so much the missionaries as it is the the towns and villages where those missionaries came to see uh, just like those people in those towns and villages we have opportunities to hear from people sent by our lord jesus to speak to us about his kingdom just like them, God has provided for us a, a rich banquet of his holy word, brought straight from his glorious throne room by his called servants. So then, we have to ask, what do they eat? Are we doing everything that we can to welcome God's servants to support their work, not just in this place, but, but all over the world? Are we the ones who are the, the peaceful people whom God's peace rests on? Are we the ones who provide food and drink and all the other earthly blessings to those who give to us priceless spiritual blessings? 
Jesus warned his disciples before they went out uh, of what to expect. Not everyone was going to welcome them. Not everyone will listen. Some will reject them. And and not a a single one of you rejects God's word by hosting Bible burnings or by tarring and feathering missionaries. But if we despise God's word out of apathy, or if we judge his messengers not by their faithfulness, but by human measures, or if we make our first priority not trusting God to provide a harvest of eternal life, but rather harvesting for ourselves all the glittering earthly goods we can, how much better are we really than those who openly persecute God's messengers about whom Jesus says, whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. Thanks be to God that Jesus doesn't ever reject us. He himself is the one who who cures our malaise, who takes away our despair, who forgives our sins. He who sent those 72 continues in his grace to send messengers to proclaim his kingdom through the work of those servants. Our Lord washes us in baptism and feeds us in his supper. He makes us his own dear children. Each day in him is a new day to trust him, and to share the harvest of blessings he gives us with one another. It isn't always easy to be the people of God in this world. That's true for missionaries, but it's also true for all of us. For anyone who is a part of our Lord's church who's been brought into his family. This world does despise God's word and those who hold to it. Sometimes when we look at the work of the church, it doesn't seem like God is providing a harvest. Maybe our our numbers are small. Maybe attendance is down. Sometimes our, our labor seems in vain. Sometimes it doesn't seem like there's much for God's people to eat. But even though Jesus sent his disciples out like lambs among wolves, their mission was a joyful one. They came back beaming over their successes. They were filled with joy. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. As the gospel was preached, the kingdom of Satan was becoming undone. Jesus said, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Over this past year, we've had a couple opportunities for groups to get together and go for some community canvassing. We didn't drive out any demons, I don't think. But like those 72, we did have some joyful stories to share. Even more than that, though, our church here, our congregation of believers, has been a a part of countless joyful stories of lives changed by God. Here is where people are baptized into his name. Here is where people are trained in the precious truths of God's word. Here, marriages are blessed. Here, funerals are held where we're comforted by the sure hope of the resurrection. Here, by word and sacrament, the forgiveness of the cross of Jesus becomes ours. The harvest of souls 
is still plentiful. And the Lord still provides. What do missionaries eat? They eat whatever is put before them, whatever the Lord leads his people to provide. What a a great privilege we all have to be a part of the spread of God's kingdom, to share our own earthly harvests for the sake of his heavenly one. No matter what earthly hardship or outward failure we face, we still have the greatest joy of all. Rejoice, Jesus says, that your names have been written in heaven. The feast awaits. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.